You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. All right, guys. Happy Sunday. Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Leaf. What's up, guys? Glad to be here. We got an awesome guest with us today. But before we hop on into that, um, we just want to say thank you to our sponsors real quick. We got 710 Labs. Thank you to 710 for providing us with some awesome, awesome products for the show. And uh, Hemper is providing some really awesome looking glass with the uh, Das Boot and the, uh, the, the pipe. Sherlock, Where the is Sherlock that pipe? pipe. Sherlock pipe. Here it is. We got one right here. But we uh, we have a really amazing guest guest today, a true pioneer in the space from really back in the day. You guys may know him as the Soil King, but we got Patrick here. How are you doing today? Thanks hey. for coming on with us. Yeah, blessings. Glad to be here. Always glad. Always. Always glad to tell stories and talk shit. That's me. Oh yeah, I mean, who doesn't <laughs> love talking about the plant? That's why uh, we're yeah, here. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> we, we recently had another uh, old timer from the space, uh, Doc Ray. Oh yeah, Doc. That was and a great. That was a great show. Was a great I, guy. Great, great show. That one just uh, launched, I think, a few weeks ago. Yeah, that was a good one. Just talking about, you know, his days growing and genetics, genetics and, and how he got involved in the space and everything. And now we can't wait to hear and spread your your story as well really show people what cannabis was about back in the day and not just have what it is now walking into a dispensary and what people are born with today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't totally understand that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Let me shut my door real quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no worries. worries. Yeah, there's lots of lots to talk about. You can pick a subject and I'll roll with it. You want to talk about pioneering? I always love to talk about pioneering yeah. the industry. Well, uh, let let let's give the viewers for who who don't know you a little bit of a, a little bit of a background on on yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, soil king, self promoted. Um, I have uh, lots of different companies. You know, uh, I have I own Seed to Soul, which is a man manufactured distrib- dis- distribution. Uh, non-storefront retail, cultivation, nursery, and uh, and uh, the entrance of the Emerald Triangle up in Northern California. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a solventless extraction, right? I have a I have a Southern California solventless extraction facility as well. Um, distribution and everything down there. And you probably heard of Rosin Tech, right? If oh, you yeah. guys haven't yeah. heard of Rosin Tech, I'm an owner in that brand. We, me and me and them are all collaborated in seed to soul and all these different licenses um so that's my cannabis on on the that's a plant touching side right. i have a remediation company that's actually a pasteurization company for cannabis as well for like e coli and different things so oh, very nice. really trying to clean up some of the industry because there's just so much failure in the industry so not only teaching and educating how to cultivate uh, clean clean with cleanliness and uh, mm-hmm. producing products that actually Pass uh, laboratories. Uh, we also are trying to educate on different types of mycotoxins and different things as well too. So I dive in I dive in that on the on a breeding. I have my own genetic line. I've had it for years. Um, the plant, the non-plant touching side. I own garden centers, big root soil. I've been. My passion has been. Um, my passion has been. You know, I got two consistent things in my life. One of them's peanut butter, which is my my love. <laughs> I've had it my entire life. You know, I had a rough childhood, and you know, I was homeless as a kid. And I mean, I can go into lots of different things like that. But so peanut butter is always peanut butter and water always kept kept my stomach full, mm-hmm. kept, kept me 
moving and uh, agriculture, not just cannabis. I always say there's no segregation in agriculture. And I just yeah. repeat it, no segregation in agriculture. <laughs> cannabis yeah. is agriculture, right? Yes, it's it a really small you know, percent of, of agriculture, but it's the most powerful and most important part of the entire agriculture worldwide because cannabis sets the limits, right? It set the bar so high um, for now running into, you know, testing and, and heavy metals and microbials mm -hmm. and pesticides and all that. Agriculture, we set the bar so high. They actually set the bar so high for us that they that it was impossible for us to come up and meet the regulations. Yeah, it impossible reach there. Yeah, it was just, they said it unattainable. We couldn't do it, but, you know, we're chameleons. You know, this is what we do. So yeah, we, that, we made that's this whole system better. Exactly. Right, adapt, overcome, evolve with this ever-changing, yeah. <laughs> ever-changing industry. I yeah, mean, definitely. damn. So, so, so what, what, what got you? So you said that always agriculture. So when did agriculture turn into cannabis for you? So the first time I was in handcuffs was at the age 11 and I was growing weed in a pine tree in my backyard. They used to call the cops on me. Uh, second oh, time no. in handcuffs was the same tree one year later when I was 12. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't learn. So, um, so uh, you know, cannabis, has, it was a passion as a child. I, you know, as, as in my first memory, I have two, two memories, first memories. One's bad. You know, it's uh, yeah. abusive. Uh, with parents and stuff but my second memory is great and it was it is you know it's a strawberry patch so my first real good memory was you know I always was in a like, before I could crawl you know I mean just learning how to crawl I'd be in a you know, go outside and my dad had a strawberry patch and, and that was my first memory is hands in the soil and, yeah you know, every day I take my shoes off and I go for a walk in the soil and that's awesome uh, you know it's it's just my thing and so I grow soil and soil produces a plant and whatever yeah. plant that produces oh yeah. yeah definitely yeah definitely if, if that's not healthy you're gonna put your plants on it you're gonna be healthy yeah, yeah exactly if you, you're the concept of everybody growing a plant just doesn't make sense to me yeah. you can, a plant healthy soil produces a great healthy plant right mm -hmm. so if you grow your soil you don't have to be so concerned about you know tolerances bugs uh, diseases and all that yeah. you don't have to do that you grow yeah, your soil your soil produces a plant what happens our mentality is oh my god what's happening to my plant nobody mm -hmm. tries to figure out what they've done under the plant but that's yeah the, definitely you, you, you focus some people focus too much on taking care of the actual plant and then go oh wait now i have to take care of my soil and now you're playing catch up and it's you're fighting to lose a battle. Yeah, you might as well just start with that foundation if you have that good foundation. I mean, anything in life, you know? right? Yeah, anything I mean, not even life. with plants here. <laughs> anything, I mean, same thing. Good I mean, foundation. You're going to the gym in the morning. Around. You're not stopping at McDonald's, right? right. You're oh, yeah. Healthy foundation, right? You're getting up. You're conscious about what you're doing. You're taking care of your body to build your muscles. I mean, that's the right. idea, right? And yeah. consistency. Sure. That's exactly right. Foundation in life is everything. Ment mentally, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you mm -hmm. know, mentally, it's very important. You, you got to get your, your structure correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people also don't understand the difficulty with growing. I mean, I haven't personally tried to grow in cannabis oh, yeah, myself, definitely. but, uh, you know, everyone's kind of trying to get their hands in that right now. And it, there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, just talking with Doc and people like you, it's like, shit, this is a this is an art. This yeah, is this it's a is lifestyle. A lifestyle, yeah. So it's it's yeah, cool it's to cool. learn, um, you know, especially from people who have been doing it for so long yeah. and like 
have perfected it in a sense, but are still learning. It's really awesome to like take in that knowledge and be like, all right, well, how can I, you know, adapt that to what I'm doing or, you know, try something. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of different styles of cultivation you know you gotta it goes back to what you what are you growing are you growing a tomato in your backyard you want to produce it you want to eat it you want the living organisms in it to feed your soul right it's that mm-hmm. reciprocal thing that goes in you same bacteria same biology same fungal you're trying to grow that so growing soy growing weed especially i mean people are growing weed uh to grow weed and that's okay mm-hmm. too but i grow yeah. weed for medicine right so i grow weed for medicinal reasons i grow my food for medicinal properties and if you're growing medicinally you have to use medicinal you know fertilizers biology fungal right. soils and different yeah. things you can't grow a plant medicinally you don't go into the supermarket and go into the organic section or the non or you go into the non-organic section you know it's non-organic right. that's yes. not really the healthy choice right you go into a farmer's market and you're looking for regenerative produce right Right, that's your choice right Mm -hmm. so if you make that choice in that direction there's a whole different path and uh consciousness that goes back with responsible farming if you go this one it's a choice it's okay you're producing a product but -hmm. your focus and your conscious isn't medicinal and that's where in the cannabis industry we really shatter that apart it's like yeah i grow a lot of weed and i put a lot of products on it and i use a lot of bottle nutrients and it's medicine no it's really not and that's okay if it's not it's yeah. okay because there's a market for it that doesn't care, right? Right. It's no, so yeah, stupid. definitely. Especially with today's market with high THC, driven by high THC percentages. Oh, yeah, it's wild. And we talk about butt tenders not butt tenders not really having the proper education they should have with their customers coming through the door and when they're asking what they need. They're just meant to push like a higher price or like a higher final sale. And it's it's not right. And then a lot of people going into this country for the first time don't know this, and they're they're getting very yeah. Upset. I mean, and then if you have a poor experience the first time, you're gonna be extremely hesitant to walk back in there, you yeah. know? Because I mean, it's overwhelming. There's so much stuff, and you don't. I mean, if you don't have the education, you're like, where do I even begin? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what's gonna help me in the way that I want it to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where you know this is great discussion, and this is really what needs to really be. This is called education. This is you're talking about new pioneering of the new industry, right? So right. thank you, mm-hmm. for that, right? We us old us old people right, in this <laughs> industry, we pioneered it to today, but we need people like you to talk about this to keep it going into you know the new pioneering, you know, mm-hmm. for the future. But as if you ever heard of the Ganji program, that's what we established it. Um, the Ganji program is a cannabis educational program, and it was uh, built. All the curriculum was built through. You know, it started with twelve of us, the original council members, and Greenflower mm-hmm. Media. But we—that's what we talked about. It's 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 all about exactly what you're saying. Um, you know the how, what you know the biggest fear, and this is like my council brothers are. Frenchy cannoli, right? Uh, Swami, there's a you know a whole of nicotine. There's a bunch of us that talked about that are all part of building the curriculum of this program. Mm-hmm. But you, you hit on one thing, and as a as a bud tender, the biggest problem with <clears throat> the biggest problem with the dispensary market now is, and this is what I really fight on, is you have we have a lot of patients, we have a lot of soccer moms, we have people coming into the industry and they're hearing good things about cannabis. Right. Right. Yes. And so they walk through the door they've never used before. The first thing 
uh, a, a bud tender really needs to have, they need to have the knowledge of what's going on. So instead of telling somebody what they want, you need to ask them more questions and find, have you ever used yeah. cannabis before? What are you coming in here looking for? What are the yeah, more personalized what are, your, what are your ailments? Are you experienced? Yeah. Are you not? First time. I will say, I mean, important. my first time, like walking into the dispensary, I'm so glad you were with me because I would have been that person that had no idea what would be the best solution for my anxiety because that's what I was going there for so yeah I, I totally relate to that I yeah. definitely think like it should be a more personalized approach like let me ask questions what what are you here for like what are you trying to treat those kind of questions mm -hmm. because that's going to eliminate those bad experiences that stop people from walking through those doors a second time yeah. and also give them a bad taste about cannabis in general which we don't want because there's already a stigma attached to it so that's it's just the, the right there. big thing yeah, yeah. You have yeah, some, you have an older lady or you have somebody come in there and they're, they're all, you know, their relatives and their nieces and nephews saying you should really quit taking those pharmaceuticals and maybe mm -hmm. you can sleep if you try cannabis. So that person's coming in there. Next thing you know, you're having somebody giving some distillate edible, right? Or yeah. something that's really going to increase their anxiety instead of putting them to yeah. sleep, right? right? So these are the knowledge points. Plus, with most first-time uh, dispensary or cannabis users, especially in the in the adult class, not kids, you know, over thirty on up, the first time is a scary moment, and they walk they walk in the first time they take it, they're always overdosing or they're giving too much. Oh yes, right? so that, that, that was something we were talking about on mushrooms. Like people don't realize that you can kind of overdose on THC, especially eating an edible, mm -hmm. and yeah. especially that it has so much more stronger psychoactive effects being processed through, through your body in a different way i mean when doc was on the show we, we spoke about yeah. that and i mean we were we were sitting here smoking with him and he uh looked at me and he was like all right we'll take like a puff or two and then just hang out 15 minutes see how that yeah. makes you feel and then kind of just like grow from there and i feel like not a lot of people take that approach but that's the way we should be doing it yeah but super small super amount hard. like growing because like if you're just going to take a huge amount like consume a huge amount at first then you're you know you're already in this mental space where it's like it's too much or you know you're not liking how you feel and then you're scared again for the next time like we were just talking about so consumption is there's all different forms of consumption and there's proper ways to consume correct so you know a lot of times this is what we teach with the ganja program as well why do i love doobies right why do i smoke joints I'll tell you why I smoke joints, yeah. because I, I, first off, I like to dry hit it. I like to feel and taste the terpenes. I like to feel the dry hit on the back of my tongue. Mm -hmm. I like to see the longevity of that tingly terpene taste on the back of my tongue. And when I like that, I want to taste that through the smoke as well when I pull my drag, right? But more important with a joint is you have a hot cherry at the end of the joint when you light it. And that hot cherry is burning at, I can't remember the temperature, but it's a hot temperature. So what that's doing is it's decarving the terpenes. The terpenes are what gets you high, not the yes. THC. People yeah. are <laughs> so it's a combination of different terpenes give you a different euphoric feeling. In them. And that cherry burning at, a, at that temperature of what the cherry is, is decarving it at that level at that end. But when you, when you draw that heat and that smoke down the joint, now that temperature drops off dramatically as it goes mm -hmm. farther. So now yeah. the terpenes are decarving at a different rate all the way down the joint. So you're getting the same terpenes at different heat, at de different uh, decarboxylation decarbo effects. And, and so you're getting that euphoric high at different levels versus a pipe or a bong, right? Where you pour 
dabbing on a hot, you know, on a hot glass, a hot, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. You're hitting that butane and that heat at one temperature, you're burning the terpenes and you're getting right. that one hit. And then people are trying to inhale, even with, even with weed, like with, with me, I don't, I take a nice hit and I don't want to cough and I don't want to spit and I don't want to do all yeah. that. Yeah. I want that. I want to feel it go in. Mm -hmm. And I want to slowly exhale and feel it come out. Then I want to feel yeah. the effects starting to happen. I want to feel the terpene tingle on the back of my throat, what that taste is. And I'm going to feel that immediate entourage feeling. And I'll kind of sit back and adjust it. But I never want to take a big hit, suck it in, hold it, and then start coughing. Yeah. I, to me, that is, I mean, there are people do that, and that's okay. But mm -hmm. I'm a connoisseur of weed, man. Yeah, like I, it's... I, Something to that doesn't feel natural sometimes. Like when you're sitting there and you're coughing up a third lung. Yeah. And like you're kind of That's making great. yourself do that by the way you're smoking. It's just like, like what are you doing? <laughs> and it's okay. People got choices and that's what yeah. people right. do. Some people like to hit the bong and take the big one because they say oh, it's yeah. high as fuck right away. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's just not my proper way of, of uh, consumption. Okay. And, yeah. and there's a lot of other forms of consumptions other than smoke. There's so yeah. many oh, yeah, totally. holes. There's so much other way that we don't talk about. And right? I think those other ways too are good ways for people who are new to cannabis to like get started, especially like the tinctures, the creams, things like that. Yeah. Like we were saying before, like, you know, relatives or whatever, like wanting to try it out or go to a dispensary, they don't know where to start. I think mm -hmm. those are like a good avenue. Like it, yeah, it's funny, like my, my grandparents now are asking me questions. I mean, we're from the East coast. So like totally different culture, small one, if anything yeah, out there, definitely. we're getting better, but like, they're curious now. And I think that's cool. Cause it's like, we're sitting here talking about that education part and it's not just one way to one way to consume, you know, there's something for everyone. It's just finding yeah. out what like works for you best. Yeah, definitely. Like, like you said, with tinctures edibles we had one guy on here i think he's doing a great thing with uh he's, he's uh doing micro dosing but with uh cannabis gummies so his edibles are only two, two? like like two milligrams yeah. each so mm -hmm. he's like eat he's like you start off eat like one two depending on your experience wait and see how it see how it works yeah. because i feel like a big problem with edibles right now is that like you'll get a whole chocolate bar and you have to cut it out and like dose it yourself sometimes and it's like, well, if you're inexperienced, like I can kind of make you nervous. Like, oh, what if I eat too much or too little? Or if it breaks into multiple pieces, what happens? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I really like what uh, what he's doing over there. So if anybody out there is interested, do say. What I have with customers come to me and they're asking me, first time consumers, right? And they're coming to me for a medicinal reason. And I always start them on two, and that's it, just twos, man. I don't, mm -hmm. And then I pop them up to fives. That would be the next thing. But you don't want to overdo anybody. Just don't. And and yeah. people are light, and and it's we have such a, you know, such a stigma on cannabis that mm -hmm. you could take as many as you want, pharmaceuticals or, you know, pain pills. And if you get too high, well, I shouldn't take that many. But in cannabis, you get one shot, and that person's either going to sleep and be okay and feel it some, yeah. or they're going to hate it and they're going to tell everybody when they go back to their bingo night. Right. <laughs> yeah, that they hate it. Yeah. Like, really, we don't want those things spreading. It's yeah, crazy, yeah. man. So like, you have like, to take that approach. So it's respectable. Yeah. A lot of people say, you know, twos, who would do twos, right? Who, who would do it yeah. five? They're like, oh, you're not gonna feel that's that's not enough, but 
cannabis is not always just about getting and feeling high. That's mm-hmm. what people like, forget. There's a mm-hmm. lot of consumption methods out there that don't get you high. Like a lot of people, a lot of their first hesitations are like, oh, I don't want to feel high at all or anything like that. Well, there's plenty of methods out there where you can still get the medical benefits, but not get that psychoactive effect. Well, I mean, if you think about it, any psycho psychoactive, what is a psychoactive effect? Mm-hmm. If I was going to take pure hemp drops right now and I didn't feel it, but it took away my anxiety and put my cell phone down yeah. for a minute, right? So I wasn't looking at it. That's a psychoactive effect. Okay. It affects you. It affects you in one way or another. We, re- we relate with getting high in psychoactive effects as, you know, really getting knocked out. But an aspirin to take away a pain is a psychoactive effect, right? Mm-hmm. So we yeah. really got to put that in perspective, again, when we're talking medicinal, when we're talking medicinal, yeah. we really need to understand that. And you, like you said, it's not always about getting the high or feeling it. It's about mm-hmm. the ailments that decrease. Why are you coming? Why are you coming and trying it the first time? Well, my shoulders been hurting a fucking lot, but I didn't get high. Well, did you? But the pain is yeah. But the pain. Oh, gone, wait a right? minute. Yeah, my yeah. shoulders. People don't relate that, right? They relate it with an aspirin. They relate mm-hmm. it with pharmaceutical pain pills they relate that with the high but cannabis just gets shit on so psychoactive effects can can be in in lots of and lots of a lot of love right hugging your dog is you know when you're stressed out and having a bad <laughs> yeah. day going through anxiety or yeah they do say hugging hugs your dog some kind of medical benefit after a while mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anything that can alter your perspective or body chemistry or anything can be considered a psych- psychoactive effect and yeah exactly so but i like anyway. that point you made like the how we associate like the pharmaceuticals and and with the cannabis we have to like unlearn those those um those ideologies those, of... there we go those ideologies that's the word i was looking for um those you know older ideologies and, and replace it with cannabis and i think yeah. we're getting there slowly and, and not <laughs> only just replace it with cannabis we're, we're replace it with correct knowledge and thinking about the chemicals and drugs right. that we do have on the market that are readily accessible today mm-hmm. it is it's true man that goes right into i i do a lot of education for veterans right how to mm-hmm. grow and and not in, in food as well as cannabis so there's a lot of veterans that will just need what how you got ptsd i like to drop the d because i hate the disability part mm-hmm. uh, so pts and <laughs> Um, a lot of different neurological elements and, you know, they're coming to cannabis, getting off of box pulls of pharmaceuticals constantly. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. You come over to grow cannabis or food. And the first thing they teach you when you go into a drugs or into a a hydro shop or a garden center is they sell you bottle nutrients and tell you how to how to grow. Well, let's just look at what those bottle nutrients are. Right. Those are petroleum based products. Nitrates are petroleum. It's leftover garbage petroleum that's converted into uh, ammonium nitrates and different types of fertilizers, nitrogen. So, but those are the same uh, solvents and things that pharmaceuticals are. So now you have a veteran that is trying to get off the feeling of what these pharmaceuticals are making, the anxiety, the the neurological problems that are going on, the insanity in their brain. And all of a sudden they're growing and smoking cannabis with the same product, right? So mm-hmm. in the in teaching education for that on a medicinal level, again, you need to know what you're putting in your soil. You need to make sure your soil is clean. Yeah. You need to make sure everything's tested. And you have to have passion in what you do because mm-hmm. you are 
you are you are again when it's a medicinal level is on this thing we have to feed our spirits and our soul we got to get rid of that whole neurological issues that pharmaceuticals create and nobody talks about that versus organic or not and like i said it's okay organic if you make a choice but when you have a patient coming off some some fear you know suicide thoughts all that stuff you need to be responsible and you educate them the right process. It's just like going into a farm. It's going into a dispensary. We're talking and not getting the right education on your needs, going into a hydro store. They're not pushing the right education for the elements that the patient might have. Same thing, man. No, definitely not. Like that's. Yeah. yeah I think that's a big problem. That's definitely something that the yeah. education is going to, hopefully address like yeah definitely and that's part of the reason why we started this show this podcast is to spread the that education to more and more people for them to now second think like well not i'm not just going to go to the dispensary and buy whatever eighth is on sale that day or whatever just to really put in a thought process into what company you're buying it from do they have your best do do they have the your best interests at really at heart are they really trying to give you the best medicine you're you're wanting to buy because if you're not it's it's like drinking contaminated water right when i, I mean, walk into a, a dispensary the, the first thing i do and this is what i educate as well i first thing i ask do you have any organic living soil products mm-hmm. and there's a lot of organic living soil products that are grown indoor across the country in greenhouses and everything yeah and the bud tenders will first say most of them will say i'm not sure but then you'll find one that said mm-hmm. yeah and then they'll look and they'll say but the thc is only 21 percent or yeah. 17 <laughs> on this <laughs> right but you and so that's where the education happens so i i say buy that or buy this but if you're doing it for medicinal buy that right because right. in in proper organic uh, cultivation in living soil done correctly your ter- if you had a terpene test on that, your terpenes would be a lot higher than any conventional farming that's in that whole place. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, I would definitely think so. Yeah, definitely think so. Because like, as we said before, it all starts with the soil. Like a lot of people focus on like, oh, like just the lights or just the added nutrients or something like that. But you really have to focus on everything and start from the ground up, really. I know, like, it's just it's so hard to educate. That's product. And it, it, was, it was funny that you say that. Uh, now, now that uh, you said that, I'm gonna, that's going to be my question now every yeah. time I go into a dispensary because mine was, I'm, I'm a sucker for a really, really not well done outdoor grown flower because I feel like you can't, there's just something about it that you, you, you still can't just, you can't replicate inside. Mm. You want me to tell you what that is? And everything, and it's, it's just, sure, yeah. Yeah, go for it. I mean... <laughs> So I teach, I teach this as well. I love this. So in the, in the Ganja program, we have the live training with our students up at Humboldt. Um, and I've always taught this. In, in perception, when you see a bud, right, and it's an indoor grown bud, and I'm not knocking indoor. Some of the oh, best, no, the best living soil regenerative LED weed on the planet, best weed in the planet is being grown indoors right now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I flipped the script on that, right? What I said yesterday is not what I'm saying now because I'm seeing the results and I'm consulting that way. But a bud that is, you know, they talk about an open bud versus a hard bud. So like you'll see a, in, a, in a jar, you'll see a bud that's got crystals all over it. It's this nice little dense one. So I'll take that dense bud and I'll take some outdoor, right? Or I'll take some open living soil one that has a little more open nodes to it. Mm -hmm. And so what we teach is we teach things like trichome density and maturity of trichomes. And and we scope it. And I teach all my students, what are you looking for when you're going in there for contaminants, 
and all stuff when we scope all these products. But, but I can take that frosty nug and I can crack that frosty nug open and then there's barely any terpene or trichome density on the inside of it because that bud was growing so quick in an indoor with chemical that it pushed all the trichomes to the outside, but they're not on the inside. Yeah. Versus I could take a nice one that's a little open and, and scope that and I could see the trichomes all the way down on the inside, the maturity level, mm. this is how we qualify it, all the way down the inside and me being an ice wash half ash guy and having two solventless manufacturers, you're winning the Emerald Cup 2022 last year. I know a thing or two about this. <laughs> so I can wash that, those buds and weight in the same weights. And the one that everybody will choose that has, that has all those, you know, white trichomes all around the outside of it will not produce anything near on trichomes when washed as the other one will produce, right? So the volume of trichomes, resin and everything else that comes out of that. And that that's a perception that needs to be undone. So you're smoking what you're, you're ob obviously you're a connoisseur, you know what they're doing, right? And you like, yeah, it's, so I, I can like to say you, I do, I like to say it. You like those, tri you like the trichomes, you like the terpenes mm -hmm. and you like that finished flower effects. Wonderful. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's like, you'll get some flower in, in these dispensaries and out there nowadays of like, oh, like, almost like like 30 almost higher than 30 percent thc and you'll be like oh yeah that's great and you smoke it and you're high for like two seconds and then you're like why why did i just waste my money on this like 60 dollar 80 dollar eighth right now yeah and i've gotten better highs and i've gotten like it's lasted longer i've got more like better effects from it and from flower that's grown outdoors at least in my opinion yeah because like uh, being on the east coast like it's it's kind of like a like a the beggars can't be choosers kind of deal right yeah so like, maine's got some good there's outdoor being grown yeah. and it's got to have the right cultivars and early cuts and be ready yeah, for they're, the they're definitely turning or turn turning, turning it around, around. yeah, yeah there, there's some there. great east coast has some just awesome outdoor cultivators it yeah. blew my mind going out there and trying product actually and they've been doing it for you know, years, legacy, there's legacy farmers out there for mm -hmm. pioneers of the industry out yeah. there that never get any notice, but they're definitely, they're definitely out there. We got to sure. find I mean, them and get them on the show here. There yeah, you go. Definitely. You can bring some East Coast uh, representation. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. We definitely do. And there, let's be real, there's shitty weed in every state growing. Oh, oh yeah. There growers, is. Right? And there's great there growers. Is. There's always every, because like you said, like, there's everybody like, all right, we just push out a lot of weed and we just look for a high THC percentage and that's it that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the best weed for you right yeah I it's mean, all about you guys you guys are sitting here telling the stories and pioneering cannabis to where it needs to come without us talking about this and without you being part of the tool right now with this show mm -hmm. people don't know it so what people i call it the whole foods movement when whole foods came in back in the 80s and 90s uh consumers never had an option because right. they only sold one thing, they've only and, and all marketing was done on big with big money in one direction. Mm -hmm. right? so yeah. It's healthy like this, right? And that's mm -hmm. how we figured. Then this, then this more expensive whole foods movement, this you know regenerative organic model started coming out, and it gave it gave the consumers the choice. Right, right? It gave the choice of I want to feed my family better. Oh, that really does pesticides are harmful. And so we're in that era right now with cannabis and you guys are the whole food movement because you're educating and talking. You're, you're actually the most important person in the industry. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. 
Yeah. Hey, we're trying. We're trying yeah, to spread that knowledge to as many people trying. as we can. Yeah, and like I definitely like I'm, I'm I'm really glad that you brought something like that up because I feel in the food it's going to start like with I feel like the cannabis industry with bringing attention to really paying attention to what's in your cannabis, the stuff that the yeah, soil that it's grown mm-hmm. in, and if there's any additives used to used to grow it, pesticides, uh, where indoor, outdoor, like all that stuff people are going to become more conscious, like, oh, this is medicine. I should be more conscious about where where it comes from, how it's grown. Does the company have the best uh, atten- attentions for my needs? And if so, that's going to bleed into, like, what they start eating as well in the food industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked about that before. I mean, it's when you boil yeah. it down, it's the same same yeah. thing. These people look at, because I see, like, people look at cannabis the same way they're going to look at food. It doesn't matter where it comes from. It's cannabis is cannabis, and... That's it. It's like mine's just, and that's it. And, and right? people are going to be in like, that's not how you should look at it. Well, mindful consumption and then also making the choice. Yeah. I mean, you should be thinking about anything that you consume and put into your body, whether it's cannabis, food, or whatever it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, you should have conscious decision whether, you know, I'm. I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm addicted to Diet Dr. Peppers. That's what my, my <laughs> I mean, I love Dr. Pepper, yeah. so. I have like three of them a week, but I used to have a lot more. And Amy, she stops me. She's like, and I, go, I have something, right? I smoke weed. I don't drink. You know, I do some mushrooms. Yeah. That's about it. All right. And, uh, I got to do something. And every once in a while, I like yeah. to have. It's just my thing. But that's my conscious choice at that moment. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. I choose that. I'm not choosing that for medical reasons right, I'm not choosing right exactly. because i know it's not going to be help my mm-hmm. it's going to create my urge i'm going to take a sip i'm going to sit out by the pool in arizona and say okay mm-hmm. but I want, where are you guys located right now uh right now that the studio here is in uh thousand, in, oaks. In thousand oaks in the california but uh we're currently making a move from north carolina where where we have a residency to uh colorado colorado yeah so um in may we'll be Hopping over yeah, to LA outside of Denver. That so Thousand Oaks, LA area, right? Well, sorry, I didn't hear what you said. No, yeah, Thousand Oaks. I'm trying to. That's LA. Area. Oh yeah, in the, yeah, in the valley, like the, yeah. Valley area. So let me just let's let's dive in a little bit of soil, just to knowledge when we're talking living soil. So, mm-hmm. uh, how much in 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 that area where you're at right now? Just think about the amount of at uh, Christmas time wrapping. How much wrapping paper is opened up and flown? into the garbage. Oh, just think in your ridiculous. mind. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> Tons, probably. And then think of what's on that wrapping paper. Where'd that wrapping like, paper come from? All that ink and everything. All that ink, all that toxic waste of yeah. ink, heavy metals, it's just loaded, yeah. right? So, I mean, there's mountains and mountains of, uh, and if you think around the world, how much paper, right? So just, just yeah. concept that. Now, where does that paper go? Mm. It goes in the recycle bin. Where does that recycle bin go? It goes to the dumps now that cycle bin is put into a compost pile with a bunch of other garbage right and now it's composted it's a big pile that shrinks down as it's heated up and uh, gas is coming off and it's shrinking down well now you've got compost they're selling as organic omri certified but omri's 80 percent certified at best because there's 20 Mm percent of known toxicities they have to overlook Mm -hmm. or their pay-to-play program would never be financially feasible for them so now now those that compost where's that compost going that compost is going to compost manufacturers you know uh, fox farm it goes to all these different people yeah. and that's how they they make that their comp their 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 uh, mixed designs with right mm-hmm. and so now you're buying that and so when, I, when we're talking about 
educating on, on healthy living soil and testing. These are things you have to be conscious of, of where your sourcing coming from. Where's the sourcing actually right. coming yeah. from, right? In San Francisco, the street sweepers, think of what a street sweeper picks up. Oh, uh, yeah. Really everything on the road, everything from <laughs> tar to glass to everything. Feces to Feces, vomit, I mean, to, you, you know, radiator fluid, some leaves, some grub, some dirt, some tar mm -hmm. off all the roofs going mm -hmm. down into everything the gutters. That is dumped in the compost bins mm -hmm. and sold organ as organic compost when it's done and sold to soil manufacturers that use that as an input, make it into a mix, throw it in a bag and send it back to you guys and tell you it's organic, you can make living soil. And now you're growing your vegetables, you're feeding your plant, your, your kids with it, right? You're smoking it, you're doing all that. So yeah, all that's in your... You have to, you have to go way, you have to dig deep. You have to dig a lot deeper than just the surface on there. That's, it that's, is, and nobody ever yeah. talks about that. Sourcing is nope. super important. And once you have the knowledge and the visual, like that's a visual. How much mm -hmm. wrapping paper, how much feces is in your fucking Yeah, yeah right. that's something that everyone can understand when you explain it. That's Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, a good comparison right there. Like since, 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 since we're moving our residency now from uh, North Carolina to Colorado, one of the things I look up is like the water quality in the area. Because uh, like one of the biggest myths I feel in this country is that tap water is healthy for you and <laughs> that it's safe. Oh, no. But it's not. You can go on any web, you can go on any tap water, water quality website out there. And I guarantee you, your local tap water has at least 20 plus contaminants in it. Mm -hmm. Just because it's legal. It's just because it's legal. It doesn't mean it's safe. safe. Right. Mm -hmm. And they use even they use chlorine and chloramine. So yeah, chlorine, like stuff they add to the water also. Chlor yeah, so chlorine will dissipate. Yeah. You can dissipate chlorine, it'll off gas. Chloramine, it doesn't. It stays no. as a it stays Stay as its structure, right? It's uh, uh what is those little round things? Anyways, it stays. The only way you can get rid of chloramine is to use a binder that binds it all together and makes it not uh, be able to escape itself. But chloramine is the killer with plants and everything else. Chloramine yeah. is really hard on plants. And when people say, it, what, what is good about what another thing we don't talk about is when the chlorine and chloramine is poured out of a hose, the best thing about soil is the soil is a filtration system. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that chlorine, the molecules, that's what the round thing, the molecules, the molecules within the top inch of soil will filter out the chloramine out of there and then you oh, can wow. dissipate the chlorine so these are things too you can think about as well as you're watering and if you ever put one of those uh those uh chlorine uh, things on the end of a hose that people yeah, like the filters and stuff right. it's a charcoal filter chlorine yeah. that if you turn you can't turn them on full blast you got to turn it on a quarter of the way otherwise you push everything through so yeah, when you're you making see the force and just push everything through yeah. sure. but you're absolutely right man that's a whole other thing we don't talk about is water yeah yeah, is you can have really great living soil and stuff like that but then if your water is is is, is isn't great or is contaminated with stuff that's there that goes all your work right there mm -hmm. in in california the water because of the droughts the water table was so low so i i do a lot of consulting in vintners and other parts of agriculture as well as uh, lots of massive cow farms of cannabis but I always test the water. And what I found over the last few years is we had such high levels of boron because the water table, when the water table is full, it's diluted with good water. But yeah. when it comes down to the bottom, it's got everything on the bottom. So you're seeing beautiful farms that all of a sudden we're having these uh, 
um, plant disease-looking things. And what we tracked it all back to is the drought in California really ruined a lot of things in agriculture. And there was a lot wow. of heavy boron in the water down there. Yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. Like, like you know, not everybody's going to think about how something like that will in, impacts the farms that we get our cannabis from and how you guys have to incorporate thinking about those things maybe even ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I mean, of all the factors that go into that. I mean, yeah. we've only probably scratched the surface right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome, man. Yeah, I know you mentioned before, real quick, about yeah. um, your your uh, con- use of psychedelics, if you want to talk about that a little bit. I'm always curious. I've mm. never, I don't have any experience with psychedelics, so I like to ask, um, like, how you got into it, what your experience has been, um, what maybe your advice would be to someone who is ah. trying to start, you know, in that in that area. Yeah, so um, I got into psychedelics so I can get high back when I was younger. Now I use it for this, <laughs> so it's a different right. aspect, but um, again, you're into, you get into microdosing. It's the same thing we discussion we had with yeah. dispensaries, mm-hmm. right? You have, like I microdose and my fiance, Amy, she takes, you know, probably double what I do on microdose. I take probably about a quarter of a gram mm-hmm. okay. or, or maybe just a little less. And I can still work. It gives me energy, uh, have great conversation, but I'm, I'm in control of myself. Yeah. Right? Right. So it's very important when, when you're starting out to, microdose so if you see a a microdose that you know there's uh there's you know a lot of times you'll see them five a gram split up five times is what it Mm -hmm. comes down to sometimes six or even a quarters but usually it's so i definitely just try when you do microdosing and uh try uh first off you need to figure out where it's made so i've i've taken i've had i've had a quarter of a candy bar Mm -hmm. right that had had a few grams in it it was a big candy bar and I was trying to microdose, and that what happened when, when they made it is they let all the, the mushrooms settle to the bottom when you poured it out. There was no microdosing mm-hmm. in the most of the uh, chocolate. So it's all so like concentrated. Right? So those yeah. are things because mushrooms are different as well. You, you know, you, you'll see mushrooms and it's, you'll see gritty pieces. And yeah, because they, they dehydrate it, turn into a powder, and then they'll mix it in and there. And then powdered, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But it'll settle, you know. And if it's not yeah, it's, yeah, mixing if it's, while they're making it, it'll mm-hmm. settle to one area, and you'll have super strong of chocolate yeah. versus not super. Yeah. Strong. I feel like that's like a thing with the with edibles. Like like when uh like growing up when when I was trying to be like oh, you make a batch of edibles, but people be like oh like you never know like all of it couldn't like be in like one corner. Oh, right. like the whole brownie batch like concentrated in it's one true, yeah like it, it's, it's like all of a sudden you eat and you like get to the other end and you're like holy shit like this isn't nothing that's because it's all on the other side of the fucking brownie batter mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there it is there to talk to everybody out there that is manufacturing products if you're going to make it for medicinal reasons you know make sure your craft is on point right, right. if you're oh, making yeah. it for your buddies to get high and you just want to do that yeah, or you different. want to take a gram of mushrooms and start making your own stuff, that's good. But if you're mm-hmm. going to do it for a patient and you're going to microdose them, make sure it's a microdose, man. They get one option. They get yeah. one opportunity to go in and they're going to run out if they get the wrong result. Or they're going right. to stay in and take a little bit more and take a little bit more. So if you are a manufacturer, it's your obligation and responsibility to do it right, man. Or don't do it. No, or just do your, it for you and your homeboys. Yeah. Right. <laughs> know what's in your products and know that time and time again that you're going to have a consistent and reliable product to push out there 
because yeah. I, I like I feel like like a big issue with cannabis now is like the lab testing and stuff like that. Like it's if you can find a reliable lab that will give you accurate results every time, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, like like you hear a lot of things at these labs, like a lot of people can get to them and be like, "Hey, listen, like." We want our cannabis to test at this and like don't worry about these pesticides that are in it and like that that's not that's the wrong that's approach like, that's not the right approach this yeah. is what i this is man you're hitting topics today this is, <laughs> what I do. this is what i fight this is who i am and those of you that know me out there this is my pet peeve right so that's the passion yeah. coming through right there i in sight when prop 64 came to california i read it i didn't like it the only mm-hmm. thing i was for it is testing and laboratories and when mm-hmm. the laboratories came in in california and they're they're not right still but they're the best that there is in the country no, right in the game yeah. mm-hmm. um and what happened with the laboratories here in california is everybody had to all the equipment had to be regulated the same equipment in california we had thousands of laboratories when prop 64 came on so about 2018 all these laboratories had to come compliant. In order to be compliant, you had to spend a couple million dollars on new equipment. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. right? It was insane. So all of a sudden, all these laboratories went out of business, started moving out of state. And the guys that, that were upgrading all their equipment, what did they do with their old equipment? They sold it to fucking yeah, Oklahoma because Oklahoma was coming online. <laughs> oh, <right? yeah. laughs> and so all this, all this play, pay-to-play lab tech equipment that wasn't accurate or is able to be manipulated by man is still uh, operated in other states around the country right. it's ridiculous it's the high times pay to play high times mm-hmm. back in the day you would you would go in and you would you'd sprinkle hash on your bud and then you'd enter it into a laboratory and it would come back you know 29 percent and then you'd pay the lab some extra money and he would make yeah. it 38 38 percent that's right? insane worst yeah. fucking weed in the world <laughs> and that now all of a sudden and then you give high times a little bit more money and he'll make sure you win like that's yeah. how it was right no that's that's not right yeah it's not right so with california got it right they still have a lot of growth but in the lab side it got it right as a distributor and a cultivator mm-hmm. i as my as a distributor if you're a cultivator and say you had 20 you had 20 or 50 pounds you in other states you could bring that you you could take you're out of your, let's say in, in Oklahoma right now, if I grew 100 pounds of weed, I could take a sample from my 100 pounds, take it to the laboratory. A self, it's called self, uh, self, uh, whatever it is, where you self-submit, where you submit your own mm-hmm. test. And that was the problem because in Oklahoma, this is what's going on right now. You have great cultivators that are doing things right, but you have a whole lot of bad cultivators that are doing things wrong. Yeah. And they're mm-hmm. growing shitty weed and have, have you know, 100 pounds, 200 pounds, 300 pounds. But they're going to like the dispensary and they're buying good weed off the shelf. Then they're walking it over to the laboratory and they're getting analytics, retesting it and saying it's their batch. And then that ounce of weed they just got from the tested. Now they're getting paperwork and they're going back and putting it all over their shit weed, right? That isn't the pulling a fucking switch on them. It's horrible. So in California, it did it different. They when they started, it pissed everybody off because Now, you, if you're a cultivator, you had to bring it to a guy like me that owns a distribution company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I have to call the lab. The lab comes to the entire batch, whatever it's 50 pounds or 100 pounds or 20 pounds. And that lab takes whatever he wants out of that. No special yeah. buds. He might yeah. get a little stem. He might get whatever. He's taking and a then, random sample. Yeah, it's all random sample. Then it goes back to the lab. And then the results are sent to me and the state. Mm-hmm. Pass fail with microbial pesticides, yeah. right. and then and then we 
you know, contact the cultivator. And that is kind of, that's the way it should be done for a majority. Oh, yeah. oh, definitely. Not going. But the rest of the country isn't doing like that. And and the hard part with the rest of the country is there's a lot of great cultivators that are doing it right. Mm-hmm. And they're getting knocked off the block by these guys cheating the game left and right, right? So if regulation yes. can come on testing and the, all the equipment yeah. can be, uh, you know, the same regulated equipment that's expected and there's no, like, you can't cheat, right? If you right, caught, like everyone will be on the same playing field with them. Yeah, definitely. And like, like at, at, at some point in the game, like with laboratory testing, it's going to have to come to a point where it needs, there's going to have to be a level of a standardized level and a standardized test for certain, could even come down to certain strains and certain genetics of cannabis because mm-hmm. in, a, in a medical situation, like, when uh if you live in california and then you go to new york now that's that's legal you're, you want to make sure that you're getting the same branded cannabis or same strain uh potencies and levels and stuff yeah, like that from california mm-hmm. to new york whether it's like you're buying a strain of my like like one of my personal favorites blue dream in california or blue dream in new york like you want a pretty close like similarity there mm-hmm. So it's, I think I see it's going to be very interesting once like interstate commerce does open up and it goes, everything goes federal, hopefully, hopefully one day soon. And, and we, uh, have a lot of, we, have, we have a lot of growth, man. That needs oh, to yeah, happen. We do. Yeah. We do. It's going to be years, but we do. All right. We're getting there. Like we just got It's on the horizon it. somewhere. <laughs> and it goes back to pioneering. We're talking about it. Yeah. We have people listening about it. We're giving free knowledge and people are now having awareness when they walk in a dispensary. Of what they're choosing because of your program right here and the discussion yeah. that's been yeah made. definitely yeah. like what we're doing and what what you guys are doing uh educating people up in humboldt and everything like that mm-hmm. and if they want to check out your program where they have to look to find that i mean you can find me on youtube or anywhere just at the soil king um and you can find the ganja and everything i do i mean uh we i do a thing called legends of Le- soil kings legends of legacy david versus yeah. goliath tour the next stop is Kansas City, Missouri, 414, 415, where okay. I have people like uh, Kyle Cushman. I've let Legacy coming with me on tour. I have uh, Justin Calvino. I usually have Swami. I'll have uh, Mama Kay, um, which is a medicinal woman. She's a medicinal mm-hmm. mama. She's That's awesome. With me, right? And so we all, and it's all about us educating. It's really the the whole event. And we go, I went to Imperious Expo. I've gone to all these other ones where we take all of this. And we have the Soil King Lounge, the Soil King area, where our people, Nick T is coming with me as well. That's awesome. That's um, awesome. That, that really yeah. is. And so it's with us, it's about the whole Legends of Legacy movement. I have a marketplace in Cloverdale called Soil King Legends of Legacy Marketplace, monthly market that's talking up. But the, the whole reason behind this is because our industry has forgotten the last of the dying breed, the ones who yeah. paved the way for us to have this communication. Yeah. Guys like you, guys like you, guys like Doc, people who are really paved the way in this industry. And I think that's a really great way to- To close uh, out this episode. Close out this episode. So it's been great. Education. Get yourself educated. Remember where your cannabis is sourced from. Thank you to all our sponsors, Hemper and 710. Yep. And we'll see you guys next Sunday. Stay happy, healthy, and high. You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio.